What is a duck's favorite way to celebrate? Is it go quackers or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's fire quackers. Oh, that's the fire, a good one. Yeah. fire quackers. That, uh, that lame joke brought to you by the Akron River Ducks uh, championship win this week. Uh, or I should say over the weekend again. Somerset Does it really count? I feel, like, I feel like there were some adjectives in front of that championship. <laughs> like what? Double A Northeast? Yeah, there were a few. Not, it wasn't just double A champions. <laughs> a du- okay, it's the double A Northeast champions, okay? They're the double A Northeast League champions. Congratulations. There was the double A Nor- Northeast. There was the double A Central, double A South. They all have their own championship. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. The, the Ducks were in the Double A Northeast Division, the Double A Northeast League Northeast Division or Southeast Division, Southwest. The Double A Northeast Southwest. You you That's do this full time and uh, still don't know what the, it's too complicated. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't have sponsorships for all the all the uh, the <laughs> leagues yet. And then next year, it's going to be the uh, the Avis Double A or Double A League. Brought to you by Avis or something stupid. Is Avis still a thing? Did they survive? I, I don't I know. know. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the at least rent- my joke didn't get too ruined. The Rent-A-Center Ducks. The Rent-A-Center <laughs> Ducks. Yeah, that, that could be a good thing. Well, as long as we're talking about name changes. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. This is uh, Guardians of the Future. I'm Justin Latta. Again. Joe Klobitz is the other guy on the other side of the microphone who's going to make terrible jokes all night and generally steer the podcast in different directions I'm, that I'm not necessarily making, intend to go. I'm not making duck puns. You're coming in here with duck well, puns, and then Ted I, I, I make terrible jokes. I came in here with a duck pun specifically <laughs> because I thought you would come back with like some sort of animal, I don't know, amphibian joke of your own. Oh no, I got nothing. That's what I was expecting. Okay. Actually, you know what? Almost neat. We someone in, in Ohio should have called you today. Uh, apparently, there was a six foot snake uh, found in the road in North Ridgeville. I don't know if you know where North Ridgeville is, but um, yeah. Now that now that I'm a West Sider, I know where that's at. But there was a six foot snake in the middle of the road in North Ridgeville today. I was like, no, well, my snake's right here. They should have called Jenna. She she's still sitting okay. in the cage. I fed her today. Didn't make it all the way to Cleveland. Okay, that's good. No. It's 9 o'clock. Do you, well, I don't know what time it is by you. Is it 7 o'clock <laughs> now? Is it 6 o'clock? I, I, was, I was trying to figure that out earlier. I was like, I don't actually it's know a, what time it is in Arizona this yeah, time of year. Yeah, it's a three-hour difference. Uh, it switches up later when you do that silly daylight savings thing. Uh, yeah. That's the one good thing Arizona's good for. Yeah. What other things? Um. <laughs> Yeah, so Akron's season is over. They swept Somerset uh, three games in a row. Uh, really impressive series for Akron, who ended up playing Bowie kind of on the last day of the season because they beat Somerset. And Somerset, um, I'm sorry, Bowie won the last day of the year. And is that how you say that? Akron I've been saying Bowie, it wrong yeah. for years. Oh wow! I didn't know. I didn't know it was Bowie until about. 2018 actually so okay it's not just you 
Okay. I, I like to say things wrong. It. It's fine. We know. <laughs> um, Peyton Badfield, game one, 10 strikeouts, seven innings pitched. That was really fun. Would have been great if Bowie had a better uh, MILB TV setup. I still have a lot of beef with all these MILB TV um, setups that are just terrible. Like, why, why are people wasting money on these cameras and this equipment to do all of it? It's like just half-ass. Like, why would you spend your money on that and then be like, yeah, we're only going to make it look like half as good as it really could? Because, you know, why bother? Like, yeah, no, it makes no that, sense at all. Good. I mean, like, you can make a podcast, a video podcast in your basement that's <laughs> decent quality. These professional organizations should be able to do the same. Right. And you're already spending the money to put it on, to, on for the equipment anyway. So it's like, yeah. it's a, it's a, you know, you're throwing your money in the garbage if you're spending money on it to have a half assed. So whatever. But some video is better than no video, I guess, because, you know, mm-hmm. in Lake County, you didn't have video all year and. They're not going to have video for a couple years at the very least at this point. So good for them. Um, game two, Xavier Curry, five innings, eight strikeouts, uh, two walks. Akron hit top. I, I don't know. People say he is. There, there are some outlets that say Grayson Rodriguez is the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. And Akron hit, had six hits against him and scored five runs. Doubles from, well, Brennan, George Valera. Two from Brian Lavastida and a double from Jose Tena. That was a good game. And then the final game in Akron was a 6-5 to five win by Akron. Connor Pilkington had nine strikeouts in five innings. So Ducks starting pitching in the series had 17 innings pitched, uh, three runs allowed, and 17 strikeouts, and I believe just six walks. That's pretty good. And... They scored six runs in the final two innings to win the game. That this Akron team all year was, was just different. Like they started the season with a walk off hit with Oscar Gonzalez hitting a walk off homer, and they had to come back from being no hit on the final Sunday of the season to get in the playoffs. And then they won the whole thing, scoring six runs in the final two innings to to win it all. That was exciting, and and it was done with half of the I don't know ninety percent of the the captain's roster. Look at that roster. Like almost everybody in that lineup that day was started the year in Lake County, or if you want to look at Micah Breeze, he started the year in Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, Will, Will Brennan, Brian Rocchio, Brian Lavastida, George Valera, Jose Tena, uh, all started the year in Lake County, and then you throw in Xavion Curry, he was in Lake County. Tim Heron pitched, he was in Lake County. So, super fun end of the year for them. Um, there was some weird stuff. So, so let me let me go through. Let me get your opinion on this because I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't have a chance to watch. But I was no. listening. I was covering high school football the final night of the season, and I got some texts from somebody. So, um, in the ninth inning, Will Brennan hit a game tying home run to lead off the ninth. Then Brian Rocchio walked and went to second on a wild pitch. Uh, Fermin had a sack, so right, he went to, on, they went to third on a wild pitch, Rocchio did. So then they elected to pitch to Brian Lavastida with a runner on third and a runner on second. So the runner on second, the runner on third was the tying run anyway. 
So they decided to, they decided to pitch to Brian Lavastida, even though his run didn't matter because there were two on anyway. They got the three balls on him, and then they decided to walk him. Then they they pitched to him, and then they to a three ball count, and they walked him. So they had runners on the corners for George Valera, and then again, Lavastida's run didn't matter. They decided to pitch to him, and they got to three balls, and they decided to walk him. So you had the go the winning run on third base with with uh, one out. And you decided to pitch the next two batters in the middle of the order until three balls and decided to walk him before setting up a force out at any base. What? I'm, I'm so confused. Like, does that make any sense? I thought look, I did the write-up for that night, and I thought that looked a little strange. But I didn't realize that... I, when you look at the box score, it looks like they have just intentional walks straight up. I didn't know that they were no, trying they to pitch to him they for a while. They actually tried to pitch to him. Yeah, that's... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a text and they were like, "What? who is Bowie's manager? Like, what's mm-hmm. what's happening here? Why, would, I, why wouldn't they just set up a force at every base since the runner's already on third anyway? You set up a force in any base at that point. Yeah, I, it reminds me that there was an ACL game this year where there was a runner on third in the seventh. And they intentionally walked two in a row. And the person I was sitting next to was like, what are they doing? This doesn't make any sense. And then they hit a single and walked off the game because it was only seven innings. So that was confusing at the time. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit strange, but it's minor league baseball. So you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And they ended up pitching to Bo Naylor and Bo Naylor won the game yeah. anyway. But so I guess it didn't matter in the long run, but it's like, why the runner's already on third base. What are you doing? Like, there's one out. Oh, I'm sorry. They pitched to Jonathan Engelman with when they got him out to pop. They got him to pop up somehow, and then Naylor drove in the game-winning run, which is good for Naylor because you know what? In that game, Naylor was I think 0 for 4 with three strikeouts at that point. Mm-hmm. So, dude definitely needed a hit, and he got it. And you know, it was a tough year for him in general. Um, Nolan Jones out three to five months with uh, recovering from. Surgery on the ankle that he sprained uh, late or a couple weeks ago, and I think it was the end of August at this point for Columbus. So that's kind of a bummer. That kind of I feel like we talked. I talked about it with you a couple weeks ago, and I talked about it with Willie last week. That you know, trading trading Nolan Jones seems to make the most sense given their the way they handled him this year. But now I feel like they can't trade him because of the injury. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna trade a guy who's hurt and had a down year. No, I. I, I that that is the most confusing thing about this organization is who they decide to make that bump from Triple A to the big leagues because I mean we talked about like Daniel Johnson forever too and just like why is this guy still in Triple A and obviously he's hurt now but I mean why did he play the entire year in Triple A to that point and why was he playing at third base instead of right field and first base and it just doesn't make any sense at all and so I just don't. I just don't get the reasoning behind that. And now we get to wait till next year, and they have plenty of excuses now to keep him in AAA till June. And, yeah, I mean, they're not going to have a spot for him, and now he's got the injury. Like, yeah. if, he, if, he has, if he takes the full five months to recover, he's probably not back until midseason. And even then he's got to play and be healthy and get ready to play, you know. Yeah, so maybe June is too early. Maybe, maybe August. <laughs> I mean... 
Right, and that's assuming you know who knows what they do over the off season. But I think this just really hurts us. Like again, I think trade a trade made the most sense, and now now I don't think you could trade him because he had a bad year, and not that a bad year is the end. It's you know there's still prospects, but the injury and not really having a great year at AAA, I think that that they're not going to sell low on him. They're not going to trade yeah. a guy who wants their top prospect for at his lowest point probably now. So yeah, and and, and my opinion stays the same that I think he needs to be in the big leagues and, you know, working on playing at that level. I don't, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of in trying to bring up young players. I really don't understand why there's such a hesitance on the Indians. They focus so much on these young guys and getting them up through the system. And then they're so hesitant and bring them actually up to the big leagues and giving them a chance to play. I think, I think they ended up, I think it's they try to get these guys up at like the perfect time. They they try to you know this is something they've always done. They've always promoted guys when they're on a hot streak in AAA if they can, unless they're mm-hmm. you know, forced to call somebody up. But they always wait till these guys are playing you know their best baseball in the minors to call them up. And sometimes there's not always a perfect time. Like sometimes a guy is just you know ready or he's the best option and he's probably not playing well. I feel like maybe sometimes they wait for the too perfect of a moment. Yeah, and, Maybe that's and at is. this point, yeah, so he's hurt. So next year, you don't have to worry about that positional crunch at the beginning of the season. Maybe try some other guys out, and then by the time he's like, this is a optimistic view, I guess. <laughs> try some other guys out, see if somebody doesn't play well. Then it makes your decision a little easier when he is healthy. I don't know. My my whole idea this off season was to move him at this point because they clearly didn't value him in the outfield and you're not going to, I don't think they're going to get rid of Jose. So there goes the trade option. Like now you're kind of, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I shouldn't, I don't want to say you're stuck with Nolan Jones. Cause that's not the right way to put it because he's not a bad prospect. He's a good hitter who, it, yeah, it was, and it was only a couple games, but I saw him play first base and he seemed fine. I, like, I'm, he, I'm, sure, he, I'm sure he can handle first. I mean, yeah, it seems ridiculous he? that you couldn't get him in the lineup there. Yeah, he played exactly one game there. It's so weird, and it's not like I know you like Bobby Bradley more than I do, but it's not like Bobby Bradley has like gone out and claimed first base this year. He's not like, yeah. okay, this is the guy who's going to be our first baseman for the next five years. Like he hasn't looked that great. He's been okay. Um, so you could have easily put Nolan Jones there to challenge him and see who the best option is. Uh, I guess you got Josh Naylor coming back too, and who knows how good his leg will look when he comes back, but. I don't know. I, I just I think they they could have used his trade value. I think Jones had a decent amount of trade value, and you could have used him in a trade to acquire an outfielder or something. And now that option is gone, and that also I, hurts I the fourth man. But I wouldn't say they waited too long because I think the trade would have happened this off season anyway. So that was just bad timing for the injury to occur. Then not right. necessarily yeah, not, that I'm they not, waited I'm not too saying, long. I'm not saying they waited too long. I'm just saying they're probably not going to be able to do it now. And if they did, they're selling low. And that mm-hmm. would be kind of stupid on their part if they did. So that's where they're at. Uh, Lake County, end of their season. Uh, kind of touched on that last week. But um, they did not make the playoffs. Losing the final two games of their regular season. Let's see. Pat did the final notebook uh, for Lake County this year. He went with uh, interesting choices here. 
see what you think of these, Joe. Uh, Pat, his player of the year in Lake County this year was Jose Tena uh, in 107 games at 281, 331, 467 um, before getting the bump to Akron for the playoffs. What do you think of Jose Tena being the player of the year in Lake County? Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with everybody's stats at Lake County, but I love Tena and uh, Tena. Uh, he was very fun. Donkey probably wasn't there long enough. <laughs> he was not. He played. No, I think he played the majority of his games there. But I, or no, you know, he, he played okay. more game. No, he played more games in, in in Lynchburg. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he did more than half the season there. Uh, and that's always a weird thing too, like who sticks around and who moves up. Because uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, uh, Brian Lavastida, I think, had a great year at Lake County this year, mm-hmm. and he just, I mean, got bumped up twice, but he he played not maybe a third of the season in Akron, and so I know that just from doing the ACL one, like you kind of are limited because you can't go with the guy who was best for two months; you kind of have to go with the guy who was there all year, right. I certainly I, I appreciate most of his games there. What's that? Lavastida did play most of his games. Yeah, in Lake County, so he played like two thir- two thirds in Lake County and a third in Akron, but he didn't stay there the whole year. But yeah, I loved what Lava did and what Tenna did. Fantastic stuff. To you, some people. I know this has been some conversation on Twitter, and I think it, it's it's probably true because he's going to be on the forty man this winter. But do you feel like? Lavasita is ahead of Naylor in the, in the pecking order in terms of prospects and and yeah, I feel like we here. talked about that last time I was on, but yes, generally, yeah, I know it's just that people, more people are talking about it now, and I'm I'm still not ready to give up on Naylor. I don't know. I think Lavasita is ahead just because he has to be on the forty man roster and he had a good year, but um, well, and I think I said that I, I think Naylor may be your starter in the future, whereas Lava would be a guy you wouldn't be as worried about bringing up to just be a part-time guy. Right. Yeah, you did. Which I think that's, I mean, that's essentially like how Roberto Perez was brought up was as a part-time guy behind Jan Gomes. Yeah. And then he eventually became the starter. Yeah. So I think that like, it's not disparaging. It's just saying that I I think Naylor's ceiling is still higher, but that Lava's much closer. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. Um, pitcher of the year for Lake County, we went with Pat went with Xavion Curry. Uh, Curry made. Let's see how many starts he made. I think he made them. I think he made more than. Yeah, he only pitched like five games in Lake County or in Lynchburg before he got called up. So he made he made twenty or thirteen starts. I'm sorry, five starts in Low A, thirteen in High A, and then one in Double A. He went uh, five and one in thirteen starts with uh, 80 strikeouts and just 12 walks in 67 and two thirds and a two, six, six area. That's, that's pretty good. What do you, uh, yeah, that seems like, (laughs) yeah, that seems like the obvious choice there. I can't see anything. Uh, A a few relief pitchers had really good years, but generally you're going to focus on the starting staff and he was the most dominant. Yeah. Lake County had a lot of good pitching this year. I mean, I, I did the Lynchburg, Awards and I took Daniel Espino down there because Espino made exactly the same amount of starts he did in Lynchburg as he did in Lake County. He made ten at both, um, and so because Pat picked Curry for double air for high A, I went with 
Espino for low A, just because I figured that was somewhat. He had, he had to win an award somewhere. Espino had such a good year. He had uh, over 150 strikeouts in just uh, over 100 innings and had about a, a three and a half ERA. He walked a lot of guys, but somewhere Espino had to win, had, had to win an award. I also ended up picking Noel for uh, position player of the year. And I was about to say, yeah, you were going to make me throw a fit if you picked <laughs> no one else. I wasn't going to have you on if I didn't pick okay. Noel for player of the year because I wouldn't have wanted to listen to you for the next hour talk about how Noel should have had a, a postseason award for us. Yeah, you're going to come on here and talk about how John Rodriguez is the player of the year. <laughs> I uh, Let's see. Now, did I, who did I consider? I, no, I did not consider anybody else. Oh, good. That's how it should be. I had, I had pressure to pick Petey Halpin, but I resi- I resisted that pressure. Mm-hmm. There are people who wanted me to pick Petey Halpin. That's good. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the numbers now. Noel had a slugging percentage of 6.93, and Halpin was at 4.25. And I think the results speak for themselves. They do. And yeah, Petey was a late call up too, but um, yeah. So. I'd have to ask you who who did I pick? (laughs) Did you pick anybody? Because did you did you do that? Uh, The ACL one is out already. I can't. This is terrible. That I uh, I think I picked Luis Durango uh, for MVP. Did you? Oh, end of the season report. Yeah, let's see here. I I I did read this when you put it out. You picked Dan Frias. Oh, Diane Frias. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is a weird (laughs) thing. So Junior San Quentin started out the year great. Uh, at least as my recollection goes, and he ended as cold as possible. Uh, I almost I I got to look up his numbers because I mean San Quentin was definitely the top power hitter for the first half of the season, and then when you got down to the end of the year, it was really rough for him. He went on a looks like seven game hitless streak. He had two hits in the last three games that kind of buoyed that a bit but he had four hits total in september it was rough uh to end the year for san quentin his last homer was on august 19th so he really took himself out of the running because he was up there in the top players and it, it was a really disappointing end he still hit eight home runs which is a ton for 17 year olds and he, he's 19 but mostly 17 and 18 year olds playing in a major league sized ballpark uh to hit eight home runs in a short season is really respectable. And I believe when Bobby Bradley set the record back in 2014, that it was eight. That was his record. There, a, a few people have beat it since then, but like eight home runs in the ACL is, is gigantic. And then, uh, yeah. So Luis Drango also had a great year. And then Dion Frias really was fantastic at the end of the season came up. He had, Four home runs, but he hit 12 doubles, slugged 520, and he reaches base constantly. So, yes, definitely give props to Diane Frias. I think I went with a relief pitcher because there really weren't any good starting pitchers. Yeah, that's fair. Have it? I, I don't, I don't really know who, what, Ward Quillen. Oh, Ward Quillen yeah, Vasquez. Vasquez. He's a little older uh, guy. So pitching I'm not was saying, bad there. Yeah, pitching was so bad this season, except for the guys who came in for three minutes and then immediately left for Lynchburg. <laughs> Those guys were pretty good. 
Uh, all the draft picks were fantastic, but they didn't stay long enough to really make an impact. So yeah, word Glenn Vasquez. It's the first time I've heard of him. Um, I was just going back through. Pat picked uh, Tana for Lake County. He did not pick George Valera. And <laughs> Matt, who did our Akron uh, awards, did not pick Valera for Akron because he wasn't there long enough. So the top prospect in the organization had a great year, did not get an award. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, the, like I said, the, level. <laughs> that's kind of like me picking Vasquez. I'm not saying Vasquez is going to be a, the closer of the future. I, I don't know that he's going to make it double A, but he was the best pitcher in the Arizona uh, Complex League for the Indians. That's fair. So that's, that's fair. And then those, the reports for the DSL will be out next week at some point. Probably, I think it's Sunday. I already, is the first I already one. know who the, the hitter of the year in DSL is. And if you don't pick him, I'm going to have Wait, to have it out with you. Which team? Junior Caminero you're talking about? Yeah, I'm going to do two. Caminero. But that's, oh, the worst, that's the worst team. The, the red, the red, the red, is, red and blue? Yeah, blue is a significantly better team on the year. Uh, red is about as bad as it gets in the league. But yeah, Junior Caminero has been the best hitter on both teams. Okay, uh, you just said that um, it was rare to see Bobby Bradley hit eight homers in the Arizona yes. Fall League, and then you saw San Quentin do it. How rare is it then? Because you've been, you probably pay attention to DSL stats longer than I have. How rare is it for somebody in the DSL to hit eight home runs at, at 17 yeah, years that- old? That, that's definitely big, but I do think they play in smaller fields because all the fields in the complex league are made for the big league hitters. So they come so here. DSL, that's not the case. It, it may be a little smaller, but now I'm looking. The the one guy I remember being a, a power phenom was Oscar Gonzalez. He hit four. And there's one other guy I want to look up. But uh, yeah, generally anything. Okay, so yeah, Plana has hit nine as a 16-year-old. That was the number I remember. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. so Lex Plana has hit nine as a 16-year-old in the DSL. So it is possible, but yeah, I mean, you're not talking about 20s and 30s. You're talking about single digits in the upper well, you're end. Talking about, you're talking about guys that have big power potential then because Bobby Bradley, big power. Planez has big power. So you're talking about guys who have legitimate power then. Yeah, and, and for him to knock in 32 runs in 40 games – while the rest of the team is doing absolutely nothing behind him, there's no one else who had half that many runs knocked in. Like the, the he had 16 extra base hits. The, there's no one even close to doing what he was doing on that team. Red. The, there's a reason they finished at the bottom of the league. They were not good this year. I I don't understand why the Indians need two DSL teams. I, if they had put them both together, they probably would have been a the best team in the league. <laughs> yeah. They, they need to. And uh, yeah, there really wasn't an outstanding offensive performer like that on the other, uh, on team blue, but team blue was a much better overall team. They, they weren't getting into that hmm. situation where one guy is leading the whole team. They also had much better pitchers. Uh, Al- Albert Breton was pretty good. Uh, yeah, Christian Benito Polanco. Yeah, Christian Sosa has been great in relief. I I think uh, I just did a, a weekly report, and Sosa was the pitcher of the week for them. So it's uh, like they do have 
some good pitchers down there, uh, especially on blue. They just didn't really have any outstanding hitters. And, and the funny That's thing about that, I, the cell, I've been doing these every year for 10 years now. And it'll be like two or three guys that really make it through the system out of 60. Yeah. So like, and it's surprising when you see them kind of make it that far. Like some of them will be surprising players that you didn't think were going to continue through the system. And they do. Uh, It's definitely a huge value for those guys. It helps them get high school degrees. Like it's not just about baseball for them. They are really trying to educate these human beings. Uh, it's it's almost like a you know school of baseball for them. So well, I, yeah, they I, have campuses down there, and they 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 go to classes down there, and they work out there, and they eat in a cafeteria there. Like it's a yeah, it's a, a complex. Lot, there's a lot of positives coming out of that system, uh, but for every jockey, there's uh, fifty nine guys who are not going to make it that far. No, but they will have their high school education, thankfully. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So, of course, we got off track. Um, no, that was on track. Okay, that was on track. Good. <laughs> we're only we're only a half hour in, and we've gotten like to ten to like two things. Uh, let's see. Pat had Tim Heron as the reliever of the year in Lake County. No issues with that. Brian Lavasi, the biggest surprise. Yeah, sure. Aaron Bracho, uh, biggest disappointment in Lake County. I think that's all. Yeah, that was my biggest surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aaron, Aaron Bracho was good. my biggest surprise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, let's see. In Lynchburg, so I had Noel and Espino. That was pretty easy in Lynchburg. Uh, I picked two relievers of the year there. I picked um, Jaime Arias Bautista only because he only started nine games. He only started like late in the year. He had 23 games overall. Only nine were starts. So I wanted to get him an award because he had 111 strikeouts in 87 innings and 15 walks. He had a really good year. And then Zach Hart, who was a reliever all year, had 105 strikeouts in 75 innings. Um, so I'll be interested to see what they do in Lake County next year. I'm not sure why. I don't know. P- pitching this year in Lynchburg was really weird. Um, they had a lot of, I don't know, guys that just didn't stay there all year, got hurt or went up, and maybe that was why. But biggest surprise. I had so I had Mike Caprice as the biggest surprise because nobody really knew much about him. He had a good year. But I also did throw Jorge Burgos on there because I know he played most of his games in the ACL. But, I don't know, Jorge Burgos put up some really good numbers. He's only 19 years old, and so did Petey Halpin. That was uh, – somebody last week on the podcast, I don't know if you saw the question or listened, but somebody no. asked um, – of course not. Somebody asked <laughs> Willie, <laughs> who do you think the next Jose Ramirez um, could be? And I was like, well, it's kind of hard, like, hard because Jose Ramirez was – a complete unknown. He was signed fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, and a bonus, and mm-hmm. you know nobody nobody thought he would be anything really, and except for him. And then he became a superstar. I'm like, that's really hard because I think you can't overlook like guys who are shorter now. Like that's why Diane Frias probably gets more attention yeah. because normally you would just overlook him, but because of Jose Ramirez, you're like, okay, we can't overlook that guy anymore. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't think he's going to be an all star like a, an MVP level, but I thought Jorge Burgos was not a large international signing right like it, well, he didn't get big yeah, money I, I had actually heard of him before i saw him play which is 
somewhat rare for the international guys. But yeah, he was extremely impressive this year, and I do think I, he deserved to be the first guy called up, which he was. Uh, Milan Tolentino followed him shortly. Mm-hmm. But but he absolutely deserved to be the first guy called up. Uh, Durango is good, but he needed that extra time. And obviously, Frias really didn't take off until the, the second half of the season, so he needed that time as well. He had a, I was really interested in him. I'll, I'll be like to see what he does, does next year. And my biggest disappointment was Gabriel Rodriguez. And boy, mm-hmm. was that rough. Uh, 314 slugging on the year with three homers. Like he, he struck out a lot, which is not a surprise. But the fact that there was not, not a whole lot of power to go with it was. But he never such a got. Disappointment. He never got a full season in Arizona. And he didn't get the benefit of Mahoning Valley existing anymore. So I really don't want to knock him too hard. It's a weird year. I think by next year, everyone will kind of be used to not having short season A ball, but he would have been a great guy to put on the scrappers this year if they still existed. Like that would have made a lot more sense yeah. to me than, than jumping him straight up to full A. It, it, it's weird at having covered this these teams for a decade at this point for them not to be able to go to that short season ball when you're, what is he, mm-hmm. 18? I think he's 19 now. Is he 19 now? Yeah, I mean, when you're 18, 19 years old, I feel like you should have that opportunity to play. or Not necessarily that you should in the future, but in the past you've always had that opportunity to play at a mid-level, uh, give you mm-hmm. a shot to at least slowly work your way up, and now immediately thrown into A-ball. So yeah, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm giving him a couple excuses. Uh, give him another chance next year. Yeah, I mean, no, no way in any shape are we giving up on him. Just to point out that it was a tough year, and yeah, no, uh, there wasn't really anybody. I mean, there wasn't really anybody else to pick on that team for biggest disappointment because mm-hmm. he was the biggest name, I think, there mm-hmm. that didn't perform well. Like Alexi Planez didn't have a great year, but it's kind of the same thing with him. Like he, he's younger, probably might have benefited from a short season, and at least he hit like six. He had a bunch of homers, so at least he had the power. So you can't really say that. Yeah. And then I didn't want to pick. I didn't want to pick Lenny Torres because. Yeah, his ERA at the end of the year was not good, but um, he's coming off Tommy John and then missing all of last year. And the fact that he made it through the year completely healthy, I thought, was at least an accomplishment for him to see what he can do. All right, we got that out of the way. And then, okay, well, I'll, I'll touch on Akron real quick again. So Akron, Matt had Oscar Gonzalez's player of the year, which I think is plenty fair. Um, even though he was only there half the year, but 13 home runs, it's kind of a breakout year for him. Pitcher of the year was uh, Logan T. Allen. No shock there. I think he made, I feel like Logan T. Allen probably made more starts in Lake County than Akron. I could be wrong, but he just moved so quickly that I don't, I can't recall. Um, He made nine starts in Lake County and 10 in Akron. So, you know, pretty much even across the board. Um, thanks to FIU Baseball for posting on their Instagram about Logan Allen winning IBI's Double uh, A Pitcher of the Year award. That was cool to see. <laughs> uh, he had Francisco Perez as the reliever of the year in Akron. No surprise there. He had a great year switching to reliever. Biggest surprise: Richie Palacios and Juan Hillman. Palacios obviously, you know, didn't play for two years basically, and now he's on the cusp of the majors and Triple A. Uh, Juan Hellman's kind of had a slow climb throughout his career, and I don't know what's going to happen to him next year because I believe he's a minor league free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's and he's really Juan Hellman 
you know, great guy, uh, really fun to talk to, great with fans. Had a nice year this year. I, I think there's probably not a place for him in the pecking order pitching-wise in the system. It's probably best for, for Juan Hillman to sign a minor league deal with another organization that needs pitching because I don't think he's going to find his way into the heap here. But he had a nice year, and I feel like he might he might make a nice option for somebody who needs pitching more than Cleveland. That's that's all I can really say. Yeah, I, I see him. He's definitely a big surprise that he did have such a good season because I had essentially given up on him. <laughs> uh, but I, I see the Indians pitching is so deep between double A AA and triple A. I, I don't, I agree with you and I don't really see how he fits in the situation. Yeah. I, I just, there's too many guys. I mean, just the fact they have to add somebody to the 40 man roster and he's not even in consideration and yeah, he might, he might have a shot to pitch for somebody in the majors. I don't know how good he's going to be in the majors, but you know, he'll, he'll keep pitching. He's good enough to keep pitching. I just don't see the spot for him here. And if I were him, I would sign somewhere else because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of spots here. And I think he can find a better shot somewhere else. Um, Matt had Bo Naylor and Nick Mikulacek as biggest disappointments. Mikulacek had a great start to the year. And he only had a 108 whip. And he struck out 57 in 39 innings. But his velocity kind of dropped late in the year. And he gave a lot of home runs late in the year. So I think that was his reasoning behind that. I'm not sure I agree with that. But Bo Naylor... Yeah, I guess, what else can you say? It was a tough year. And as we said, not really much to worry about other than... If you look at if you look at Naylor's stats, I think without looking at his swing or anything else that happened this year, the one thing that stands out is he had a 21% infield fly ball rate. So when you're when you're hitting 21% of your balls in play on a pop-up mm-hmm. in the infield, that's, that's for sure going to bring your numbers down. So that just says he probably had a long swing or... I don't know. That's all I can think of. He'll fix it. <laughs> all right, let's move on. We got all the awards out of the way. Uh, anything I missed from the ACL or DSL you want to bring up before we move on and get to questions and a few other things I wanted to get to? Yeah, that was what I was talking about before. I and mean, we'll do more, in, or I'll write up more on the DSL in the coming week. I, I'm not really excited at a, about a whole lot of <laughs> anything coming out of there. Uh, Austin, Austin Aldiano is interesting as a picture, as a pitcher because he only has six walks this year in 35 innings. But I don't know that there's enough other stuff there to make him interesting, especially not having seen him in person. Hopefully he'll be up next year. Um, and obviously, Camonero. Hopefully, Camonero will be up next year. There's a couple. It, it's kind of funny how the season started with all shortstops on the roster, and they have folded them into somewhat regular regular positions. Uh, regular. But yeah, yeah. They they've got some people playing first base and third base. They they all were listed at shortstop, but now it's a shortstop playing first base or a shortstop playing third base. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird because no one's having a really great season for the whole year outside the guys I mentioned. Uh, But there are guys who put in like little streaks for a week or so. Uh, Like Eric Karipa has been decent from time to time. Lexer Sude, Sadui has been, has been good from time to time. Miguel Lopez was great uh, this week. 
it, it's really just hit and miss on those guys. And I, there's no one I'm extremely excited about. And I feel like in the past couple of years, there have been people that I was really into. Uh, well, you know, wait, you might waiting have to see. some of the draft picks. I don't know. Jake Fox, Isaiah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't yeah, know Jake Fox without a Lynchburg. Yeah, that's ACL guys. I was talking about the DSL oh. side. Uh, in the ACL, yeah. again, like every Angel pitcher that came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for ACL going up, again, it's, it's Durango, it's uh, San Quentin, Green, you, you know these guys. That, the ones you might not know, Scaling Rodriguez and Sterling Romero were okay towards the end. Richard Paz is an older guy that had a, a good end of the season. Yeah, the Victor, age always makes me skeptical on that. Yeah, Victor Planchart uh, had a great last week that kind of made it fun. <laughs> Excuse numbers. Uh, yeah, so there's there's a few guys that looking at this pitching staff again, uh, I don't know if he ever got promoted, but Will Dion is the only guy I have on my list. He did get to Lynchburg for a start. He did? Yeah. Okay, so every single guy who was decent got promoted. Davenport, Abney, Dion, like those were the best pitchers they had, and they were just in for a game or two before they got bumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Dion. He'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You'll probably have all Dewey and Janow, and you might have – well, okay, Ryan Webb might stick around next year because he had Tommy John, so he's got a rehab. Um, I guess I – I don't know if there's any more reason to be excited about Jordan Brown at this point because uh, I feel like it's been two years for him and hasn't gotten any better. So mm-hmm. maybe it's time oh, to give no, up on Jordan yeah. Brown. Yeah, I'm not in on that. I mean, we could try <laughs> to put a missing person report on, on Marlon Made. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Matei Cassetta Stubbs. <laughs> there's a few oh, people yeah. that – I mean, uh, it's so funny, like, with this – the organizational list, the idea that you can put people on this list that they're still on your roster, but they're not on a roster. They're just on with the franchise. And I still have a list of five people here who I have no clue where they're supposed <laughs> to be. And it's like, they're officially they're Indians, but and, and Victor Soteldo was the weirdest one. Cause they would just put him on the oh, roster. Yeah. They, they would put him on the ACL roster. He'd pitch. And then the next day he was off the roster again. Very normal. Yeah, and so they they played fast and loose. The other guys, they could be hurt. They could have been released, and I missed it, I guess. The world may never know. It's a mystery. Um, Columbus is still playing. They have five more games left. They don't play until Wednesday. They play Wednesday through Sunday. That's their final series against Louisville at home. Uh, Watch Cody Morris start the other night. He was good again. The only thing about Cody Morris' last start was – so this year he's been like – 94, 96, hitting 99 this year. Mm-hmm. In this last start, he was like 93, 95, topping out at 95 a couple times. So velocity was a little bit down, but he was still good. He threw a lot of strikes. Uh, he had didn't have a good curveball early, but he kind of came around with it and used the change up a ton. I'm still excited for Cody Morris. And then I watched Adam Scott pitch earlier in the week too, and um, – Probably the best I've ever seen Adam Scott look. He, I think he struck out seven in four innings. Hmm. Uh, he was starting like 95. He had a really wicked slider. I've never seen him look that good. So I'm intrigued to see what they do with Adam Scott because I kind of like him 
I mean, Joey Cantillo, I really like, but he's struggling to come back right now from not pitching all year and getting his feel back. And Connor Pilkington, Pilkington has been good since he got here. Um, I'm just curious to see what they do with those three lefties if they add them all. But I like Scott a lot. I'm really interested yeah, in him. Yeah, I liked him when I first saw him uh, a few years ago, but uh, good to see that he's coming back. Yeah, did you see him rehabbing this year too? He rehabbed for like ever with Cantillo and Morris. I, I think, I think like Morris, Cantillo, and Scott were all in Arizona for like half the season. They weren't here that long. <laughs> I saw Morris twice. Uh, well, he didn't only pitch twice see. because he was healthy then, but they they were there oh, because yeah, they were hurt. No. Yeah, I don't sneak around at practices. I haven't seen Adam Scott in person since 2019, so that was a bit ago. <laughs> Too busy opening his calzone shop. And uh, Cantillo, I did see in the Summer League this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was around. On August um, 26th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good when he came back, but I still, mm-hmm. still like the upside. Um, some some quick uh, Major League thoughts before we get to questions. Um, Anthony goes is three, I think it's three outings now. Are we up to three outings? Um. I don't know. I'm I'm really intrigued by Anthony Goes, and I feel like right now his start or his starts his relief appearances are must see, and he has not disappointed at all. He's throwing 99 and 100 regularly. He's got great fastball spin. He's commanded it well. Uh, it's very deceptive. He's thrown some of the breaking balls for strikes. I'm really I'm in. I want. I think Anthony Goes should have a a bullpen spot for 2022 and see what happens. That's where I'm at. Have you yeah, seen why anything? not? Yeah, you can uh, make a sequel to the rookie. That's right. Make it's it, the, but, but not quite a rookie. Not quite a rookie because he already <laughs> he already played for and yeah here yeah, is he has a five year major league career. <laughs> and now he's uh, a totally different position. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, who was it? Um, Jim moving it out of him. Who was it? No, who? No. Yeah, I know Jim Morris, but who was the Robel Garcia? Remember Robel Garcia? He he was a prospect for like a little bit here, and then he went over to Italy, and then the Cubs signed him, and he became like this power hitting infielder. Now he's just kind of a journeyman backup infielder who has power. But like, I feel like that was a good story, and I feel like this could mm-hmm. be a good story too. But I don't know. I'm in. I know people were like, "Oh, well, are you going to give Goes a chance next year? He's 30, but or he's 31." Like, he doesn't have that many miles on his arm because Yeah, the, he, the arm is fresh. I mean, he's yeah. been an outfielder for most of his life. I'm in. I, I mean, I don't know how many guys you see throwing 100 from the left side and the way he does. With, yeah, with he's a got a funky delivery. delivery. I like it. Yeah, and he's he's throwing strikes. Like, that was the biggest concern is that he, he might not throw strikes. And he may he's going to have bouts where he probably doesn't throw strikes at all. But if he can limit those, I mean, why not? I mean... The guy's throwing 100, he's dotting it, and he's got a decent breaking ball. I mean, it's not like they have a ton of relief options that you're, like, excited about because, look, Emmanuel Clase looked great this year. He's going to be great. You don't know what's going to happen to James Karinczak at this point. Um, Nick Salmon's got a shoulder injury. That's kind of scary. And after that, it's a lot of questions. So I don't see why you wouldn't give him a shot with the upside that Ghost has at this point. Absolutely. He, he can occupy a spot. Like uh, – could he survive the whole winter in the 40s? So I think Willie might even said, do you DFA him and try to re-sign him to my league deal? And I said, no, because somebody will sign him 
And even if no one signs him, I think you would insult him by trying to do that again, and he would sign somewhere else anyway. Yeah, and it's strange. I'm looking at his baseball references. He's not a free agent until 2025, which I don't understand. He's how not, it's right. He's out of options. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so just keep him. <laughs> yeah, he well, he doesn't have enough service time as an outfielder. He never got enough service time, so he's under three years. So he's not even arbitration eligible yet, actually. That's which crazy. Is crazy. Yeah. So even more reason to keep him. It does say um, arbitration eligible next year, but yeah, to have a five-year him... career and not be arbitration. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, he clearly uh, he made the right move to pitching. Is what I would say. Um, have you seen? Did you see any of Shane Bieber's start on Friday? Any I highlights? Not, anything? No. Um, okay, I thought he looked okay. Spin the spin was down on everything. Like if you looked at the if it, baseball savant. Um, Spin rate was down on the fastball, on the curve, and the slider. Not surprised by that. I think he'll be fine. He looked good. He was he was a little rocky in that final tune-up start for Akron. He went like uh, three or two and a third, and gave up a homer. He walked somebody. I gave up two home runs, and I was like, well, if you see him come back for the Indians and he doesn't look like Cy Young, Shane Bieber, don't be surprised because he probably should have had one more rehab start, but because they wanted him to make two major league starts for the end of the year and they can afford to, um, they could afford to make him on a short start because they had the extra roster spots, but he was better than I thought he would have been. We'll see what happens, but I know some people are like, why are you bringing him back at this point? But it's better to see him make one more start this year or two more starts this year than going to the off season and not wonder or wonder about his health, I would say. Yeah, I'd he's agree. really healthy. I mean, he's healthy, so why not pitch him? Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they rushed him back by any means. It took him a long time to come back. Maybe. I would say, that if anything, they probably were more careful this time because that's Shane Bieber and the pitching staff goes as far as he goes, and they have a good pitching. But clearly, they needed him. All right, let's get the questions out of the way. We got a lot of them, especially. Willie wants to know all about Joe's preferences on drinks to movies to all okay. kinds of things. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, let's start with Zach, Fino MVP, regular listener. Um, who do you guys think will be the biggest riser next year, and who do you guys see that may have the ba- a disappointing year based on current expectations? Who do you think will be the biggest riser next year? I'd like to see a Spino. Uh, Can he Bob- rise anymore? Well, in levels, or are you talking about from, like, we consider them low and we're going to consider them high, I guess? I don't know. I mean, he's already a top 100 prospect across the board in most places, so I don't well, know. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're talking, about different, we're talking about different things. I'm talking about in the system, like getting promoted. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, okay. And, so you okay, so this... if you're talking about that, I'll go with uh, Planas. I'd like to see, because he did have a bit of a down year. That's true. Hmm. So I'll I'll take it both ways. Those are my two answers. <laughs> okay. So Espino as far as level and Planes as far as jump from being mm-hmm. not so great last year to being better this year. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Aaron Bracho. I'm, I'm going to say that he is oh, going to yeah. improve next year. I think he's too good of a hitter to be as bad as he was all season. I think he'll find a way to regain his form next year. Mm-hmm. I also – I would also probably say it depends on when he comes back. I'm going to try to ask this tomorrow, but depending on when he comes back next year, I would say Carlos Vargas is another option too. 
Mm-hmm. I think uh, just because people have not talked about him and, you know, I know you talked about him before. He got the head Tommy John. We tried to, but then obviously he was out for the year. But I think for sure um, he could be a guy that kind of people forgot about and has a great year when he comes back and sort of explodes. So I would say, yeah, Vargas and Bracho. Next one's kind of hard to answer, though. Who do you see have a disappointing year based on current expectations? I'm not really sure how to answer that. Do you have any um, any good answer to that? Are you worried about Naylor at all? I mean, so sure, if, if he repeats like, next year, the same bad year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that that would be like essentially on the, the high-end guys like Nolan <laughs> Jones or Bo Naylor. If you worried that they have two down years in a row. I do think Oscar Gonzalez has kind of pivoted himself for a fall a bit. There's no way he can sustain what he did in Akron. Well, he might not even be in the system next year. He could be he could be somewhere else. He's a minor league free agent, so yeah. So that would be quite a bit of a fall if he wasn't sure. a baseball anymore. As far as here, um, I don't know. Josh Wolf didn't have a great year this year. I mean, he kind of like Tor. He didn't have Tommy John, but like Torres, he got to the year healthy. He was young. And he pitched a lot of innings, which was good for him because he really never had a major, no, a pro season because of uh, last year. But he didn't have a great year, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of him. So I don't know. Josh Wolf, maybe. If Joey, I don't know if Joey Cantillo doesn't regain the command. I'm sure he will. It just missed a lot of time this year. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, all I can really say is Josh Wolf. I'm not sure. I'm not even that down on him, but I'm just saying could be someone to worry about. Or, or even Jonathan Rodriguez. Jonathan Rodriguez had some good numbers this year, but I don't know if he's going to sustain that long term. Yeah, I so. don't think. I don't think that's it. Well, okay. I, I have uh, preconceived notions on, on Rodriguez because I considered him fairly lazy when he was in Arizona. <laughs> wow. and it seems like he's turned things around a bit. Yeah, he was he was he put up some good numbers this year, but I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, or, so, yeah, Oscar Gonzalez is my official pick. Okay. Uh so we got two from Nunzo Izio, so let's do this one first. Uh ETA on Valera, Rocchio Freeman in twenty two. And how does the team position itself with those priority guys poised to join the Guardians? Um I it would not shock me at all if none of those guys make it up to the majors next year. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, look how uh, we keep going back to the same thing, but look how long they delayed Nolan Jones. Like, he's obviously ahead of them, and they keep dragging their they, Well, yeah, they keep dragging their feet, so I don't even know if you're talking about end-of-the-season guys in there. I think out of any of those guys, it's going to be Freeman, because he, I, Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I think you could put Freeman at second. and Freeman should have ended the year in AAA, probably. But, but he didn't. He hurt, like, he did not. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he didn't means that <laughs> they're not that antsy to well, move him up. I think he'll go to Columbus next year to start. I think he'll move him up. Valera probably starts in Akron again, and Rokio. You know, here, here's the other thing. I saw someone else post this too. If if Gabriel Arias is the shortstop in Columbus next year, because you still have Rosario and um, Jimenez. And Owen Miller, whoever, there's mm-hmm. nowhere for Arias to go, so he has to go back to AAA. So if Arias is in AAA, does that push Rokio back to AA? I don't think so. Okay, so where does he play? 
That's I, what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think either of them. I, I think they rotate. The I think they rotate the trio if they have to between second and short for the most part. I don't think any of those guys are moving further away than that. Yeah, but they could move Miller oh, yeah. to first. Like they they played around with some of that stuff. Yeah, so I could say I could honestly say none of them are going to get to the majors next year. That's my guess. Yeah, um, no, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's funny because Valera has like the clearest path, but Freeman is the most ready. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really yeah. work out well for next year. It does not, which is weird. I mean, Valera could get there next year because if he he could force his way up there if he hits well. Mm-hmm. But that also depends on what they do in the off season too. Uh, Nunzi also wanted to know any speculation who will be going to the AFL. There has been no reports that yet, and I'm supposed to talk to um, the James Harris, who is Cleveland's director of player development, tomorrow morning. My guesses were this, and, and tell me if you disagree. And catch, catching's always so weird. I know they have like a taxi squad for catchers because um, you just need guys who can play a couple days a week just to catch and give the guys a break. But I don't know, given Naylor's down here, maybe you could see Naylor go to uh, the AFL <coughs> or maybe even Lavastida. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we talked about the last couple episodes, and whoever they don't send that they need to get work in uh, as far as injuries and whatever during the regular season, they can just send them to Instructs. True. And they'll get they'll get time in. I I don't know that AFL games are more valuable than Instructs. You're playing in front of tens of fans, you know, mostly day games. It's not. Yeah, but those are not controlled environments. Instructs is a control a controlled environment. Yeah, you're not rolling innings in uh, the fall league, but I I don't know it, the numbers from both are are fairly worthless. Uh, oh, for sure. You're really trying to get reps in at that point. Um, so we'll Joey Cantillo, because Hopefully. he missed time this year. That makes sense. And Adam Scott, Cody, I, I said Cody Morris, Adam Scott, and Joey Cantillo could all go to the AFL because they all only had like a partial season because of injury. And that's usually one of the most typical things you see is, um, especially for pitchers who miss time with an injury, they go to AFL to make up their innings. So I would think, what, two of them probably make it there? Mm-hmm. And and usually you see pitchers who are like close to the majors, I think sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, if you're Toronto or <laughs> Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, a few, a few teams are willing to send their higher end prospects. Some teams seem to be. More hesitant. The Indians have not sent a whole lot of high-end <laughs> prospects recently, except Jones last year. Two years right. Ago. Well, that that brings my next question: is what do you think the odds of Noel getting there? Because if I remember right, not a lot of guys in High A play there. It's usually Double A, right, or Triple yeah, A. Yeah, it's, it's Double and Triple A. They're allowed to have a couple guys per team that are younger than that. There's a specific number. Okay. I, I don't think it'll be Noel. I that's just me saying that earlier in the year. Just because I'd like to see him here. Not because so he'll be in trucks then, yeah. Yeah, I, probably. Same for Jose Tena then? Yeah, I would assume so. And that's going to apply to Aaron Bracho then? I was thinking, you know, because Noel and Tena are 40-man, or roll five eligible, it might be nice to see them get some exposure in, in AFL and, and against better pitching. But then also could be worse if they don't roster them and they wind up, you know, being taken in the rule five. So I don't know. There, there's that. Yeah, aspect so I, to it too. I, I feel like I say it every time, but it's like, 
guys who were hurt all year and want to get some innings in. It's guys you want that are in double A and you want to skip triple A and just go straight to the big leagues. And mm. then a bunch of filler guys that you're just trying <laughs> so, to finish out the roster. Then I feel like, and he's not, I don't consider him filler, but I feel like Stephen Kwan is a guy who fits like right in that spot. Actually, I do, I do think he's filler. I don't, by filler, I don't mean, again, I'm never trying to insult somebody. It, it's just they need to have a full roster. And so you have a healthy guy who's willing to play. And he's also a guy who could be looking at the big leagues next year. So, right, like he so does, you want to get him some extra reps. Yes. He fits that mold. Okay. So, Quan. Uh, Richie Palacio says in AAA, I don't really know about that one, but he's, you know, another guy who he didn't miss time. Well, he did have a hamstring injury this year, but mm-hmm. you know, he missed two years. So I don't know. Do you play him a little bit longer and do the AFL with him? I don't know. I think you'd give him time off, but yeah, I could see that. And then I had George Valera down, but I really don't see that happening. That was just kind of a, I don't know if they want him to be ready for the big leagues next year, it would make sense, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, and, and on Palacios, it may, may make might make more sense to send him to instructs where you can play him once a week or whatever. And you're in control, not some other team's manager or put him in the outfield too, because he's, once he got to uh, Columbus, he stopped playing the outfield because of that hamstring injury. So yeah, you can goof around whatever you want in instructs. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one I put on there was Matt Turner. I don't think a lot of people know who Matt Turner is, but I feel like he had Tommy John at the end of 2019. He missed all last year. Um, and he came back this year to make a uh, an appearance. One, when he made one ACL appearance, I'm pretty sure. So I'm I'm looking up the last time I saw. I didn't see him this year. I saw him last in 2019 in May, and he was so much better than he was the previous year. It, it was like oh, a complete... he made it to Matt Turner made it up to up for. I missed this. Wow, he made it all the way to Lynchburg. No, that's not right. This says Matt Turner made it to Lake County in 2021. He did not make it to Lake County in 2021. Well, I'm just saying, the the last time I saw him, he was significantly better than the year before. This is a couple years old, but he he made huge strides in 2019. Yeah, anyway, Matt Turner is a 22-year-old who is 6'4", buck 80. He's not a big guy. Well, my throw is in the high 80s to low 90s. Yeah, this well, is he was, in high A. He was he throwing like 96 the last time I saw him. Like he really made big improvements in his velocity. So that would have been would have been this year, rookie in, in Arizona? No, no, this was, this was a couple years ago. Are we talking about the same guy? Because when he was in – I saw him in Lake County in 2019, and he was probably throwing 88 to 92 at best. Okay, no, uh, yeah, Matt Turner, left-hander. <laughs> from yeah, big dude. Yeah. yeah, no, he, he was throwing harder down in Arizona during unofficial games that I saw him playing. Would that would that have been like instructs or something, or was that, that would have been uh, extended spring? Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, this says that the MILB says he played. He pitched four games in Lake County, which he did not. It was, it was it had to be a, it had to be a typo of some sort, or mm. I don't know what happened. But um, yeah, so he's a guy who missed all year because of Tommy John in 2020. Um, so he'll probably get some innings in the AFL. I, I I feel like he's probably got the best shot of any of the guys we talked about. Um, 
Quincy Wheeler, Jose Tana promotion to Akron opens open some eyes. Someone that needs Rule Five protection now. I do not think they will protect him, nor do I think he'll get picked. Uh, most, I mean, he didn't he didn't play in Double A until his last mm-hmm. couple days of the season, which was playoffs. And I don't think anyone's stashing that on their roster at this point. Yeah, and, and, and I think. Oh, sorry, go no, go ahead. I was, I think as you know, we cover this team, right? So like we know about this team, and the fans, the the Indians know about the Indians players. And you kind of have this favoritism towards him. I really think he has a zero percent chance of being taken in the Rule Five draft. Right. Like, there's, no one's going to be like, "This is a big leaguer in 2022." So we can look at him, and that's going to come in that forty roster, forty man roster decisions coming up. Uh, we're saying there's so many people you have to protect. That's not necessarily true. Uh, a lot of these guys we just like a lot. And they're right. not really gonna get snagged up that easily. Yeah, twenty. He's twenty years old. He'll be twenty-one in in March, and he only had a couple games at Double A. So I don't think anyone's taking him anyway. And but Oscar Gonzalez is totally getting taken. Uh, couldn't couldn't somebody <laughs> sign him before he even gets there? I yeah, I don't remember what year he's in. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Very possibly. Yeah, so Tana, no, no, I don't think so. Um, oh, the fun part of the of the question. So uh, Willie, Willie needs to know everything about Joe's life. Pepsi or Coke, Joe? Obviously it's Coke. I mean, I'm, I, oh, I, I, don't, oh, I don't. Oh, this podcast is over. I don't drink Coke. I only drink uh, Coke Zero. I will say Diet Coke is better than Diet Pepsi, but Pepsi is better than everything else. Well, I can't have sugar, so I've only drank Coke Zero for years or Diet Coke for years. My girlfriend's mom loves Coke Zero, so I'll say that's fine. Um, coffee or tea? Ew. Coffee. You know, you know what's funny? I didn't. I'd never drink coffee like during college or anything, and then I hit a certain age, and now I drink it every single morning. I drank coffee like. A couple of years ago, and I stopped because it made me feel weird and yeah, my heart would race. So I gave up on that. Yeah, uppers in the morning, um, downers at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you can go to Joe's Twitter page to find a picture of his dog. And what is your Here's dog's name? My dog's name is Doggy. Stop. Uh, he's named after the uh, what? What's the word? Uh, infamous. <laughs> Luis J. Gomez, uh, okay. because I call everybody doggy, and so can confirm. I I call everybody doggy, and he's my doggy named Doggy. My my daughter's doggy uh, is named Olivia, which I hate, so I call her the Sweetness, which I believe <laughs> is from a terrible movie where Dana Carvey dressed up like a turtle. Uh, called the oh, Master that was the Guides. oh god, the movie was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> but I believe in that movie, he called the dog the sweetness, and so I call her the sweetness because <laughs> I think that's funny. Oh, that movie was awful, and I like Dana Carvey. Jeez. But I have posted pictures of them calling them coyotes, and nobody liked them, so I stopped posting pictures. <laughs> All right, well there you go. Um, and major I league or draft day? I've never seen draft day. I haven't either. But I'm reading so, a book major. on the creation of Major League right now, 
So that'll be uh, after our Bill Vec episode. We can talk about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, stay tuned for that for the off season of that. Um, yeah. What else we got? Oh, what can you tell us about Petey Halpin's future baseball greatness? Because who's, uh, who's that? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Willie and and our friend uh, Jared are Next topic. the drug. The drivers of the Petey Halpin <laughs> fan club. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Well, now that that's out of the way, all the good stuff. Let's see. I got I to gotta go back and look at this because uh, we're going to do our final player of the week uh, picks. Actually, we're not going to do any more. So you're going to decide the winner. Oh, I, I had made picks for next week, too. Uh, all right. Well, you could pick, you could pick some guys <laughs> for next week, but. It can just be for fun. Um, this is it. Because we're tied right now, 8-8. Wait, what's this for money? What's that? What, were the other ones for money? No. If next there week is no just money. for fun, what was this for? <laughs> the previous pick. It's not been taking... fun. We don't, we don't just do things for fun around here. You know I should have been taking this much more seriously. Jeez, <laughs> uh, let's see, too. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out Brian Rocchio's numbers real quick. I'm, I'm looking at it. Since we're we're trying to entertain people, do you also uh, go with the hook route whenever you think of Brian Rocchio and go Rocchio, Rocchio, Rocchio? No, I don't even know what that is. I'm totally lost oh, in that Jesus reference. Christ. You've never seen Hook? I have not. Okay, there's a character named Rufio, and he's the leader of the Lost Boys, and they go Rufio, Rufio. Wow, that's really Yeah, you definitely lost me. Robin Williams? Oh, I know. Okay, I know the movie, but I don't know. Peter Pan. I, I don't know if you heard, but he uh, killed himself a couple years ago. Okay, well, that's going to end the podcast for this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, well all right, we got a good hour out of, out of you and... It all just went downhill, so that's fine. Did I win? That's fine. Yes, you you won. Most depressing podcast comment of I the... have not said anything offensive yet. <laughs> You're right, yeah. We're, we're still, there's still a few things to go. Okay. Last week, uh, I picked Peyton Battenfield and Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, Peyton Battenfield, seven innings, a hit, ten strikeouts, a run. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez went three for 17 with a homer. Willie took Logan T. Allen, who didn't get to pitch because Akron swept Bowie, and he picked Brian Rocchio on four for fourteen with an RBI. So it's tied at eight. It's you. you. That's not fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you, you know but that's not fair. I'll put you know what? I'll put it to Twitter. I'll put it to Twitter <laughs> later. That's good. Well, that's Twitter decide. Let's go to the but, polls. Yeah. Okay. I'll go to the polls. Okay. So. We'll say I won nine eight. But we'll see what the public has to say about okay. it. Okay, yeah, sure thing. Yeah. Well, remember, so, my uh, issue is it, just compare Rocchio and Gonzalez because this pitcher didn't even get to go. Well, that's not my fault that I picked a pitcher who actually got to pitch. Yeah, but Willie actually asked me some questions. So, I ask you all the questions you, more than I want to me, sometimes. You never asked me about my dog. You want to know what my snake's name is? Snake? Snakey? Snakey the snake? S-N-E-K. Snake. Oh, my God. Jiminy, Jiminy Snicket. Lemony Snicket. 
I don't name the crickets. I just feed them to the spider and the tarantula. Too many, too many strange animals for me. I, I saw, I had a, I had a spider. I don't know, like a month ago. It was crawling up my uh, sump pump. Mm-hmm. It was about the size of my palm, and I, I about shrieked like a little girl. I've got the the no. spider is sitting right next to me right now. It's on my computer disk. <laughs> I also the, have a colony is... of uh, Hawaiian volcano shrimp on my computer desk here. So if you're wondering why we don't do a video version of the podcast, this is why. Because I would just see all of Joe's crazy animals and it would freak me out. So Also, I'm in the nude. <laughs> all right. A minute 12 is when you finally said something inappropriate. Good for you. You made it an hour and 12 minutes. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud these, of you. These are the bonus points for the people who stick around. And they're probably wondering why they stick around all this time now. Yeah, for the bonus. Uh, yeah, next week bonus. we'll be on video. Yeah, but you won't be on it if that's the case. <laughs> this is a this is at least a PG thirteen show. I don't know about radar or X or NC seventeen, however you want to codify. Well, this. I don't I don't have a camera, so it's just descriptive <laughs> audio for me. <laughs> okay, Joe will let us know exactly what he's doing and what he's wearing next week on the podcast. All right, who are you picking for your players of the week next week? Because it's going to be for – next week will be for money. How about that? No, I'm not going to agree to no. that. <laughs> okay. I am – uh, because all I know that is happening is the Dominican Summer League, I'm going with uh, DSL Blue, multiple position player Juan Benjamin, infielder, as my hitter. Okay. And then my pitcher is – also on blue, the relief pitcher Christian Sosa. I'm looking those players up to make sure they actually exist on Fangraphs. Because <laughs> I did Christian not trust Sosa, you to pick the players that exist. <laughs> Christian Sosa has a tw- has 21 innings pitched, a 2.57 ERA, and 15 strikeouts to eight walks. But he's been better the last week. Okay. Christian Sosa is 20 years old. Cool. So what? Are you saying I'm cheating? <laughs> Do I need to pick a 16-year-old? Yeah. If they're in the DSL, I don't know. You probably should. I am not Uh, picking the greatest player in the history of baseball. I'm picking the guy who's going to do the best next week. Okay. I'm going with Gabriel Arias and Adam Scott. I'm cheating. See, now I think you're you're cheating. They're the only ones. I don't know who's playing in the – in the DSL. Like, I could pick Junior Caminero. Instead of so there, I'll pick. Huh, all right, I'll take Junior Caminero instead of instead of Gabriel Arias. There, that's good. That's more fair. Oh, all right. We made it now in fifteen. God bless your soul and God rest your soul. If you <laughs> listen this long and you can handle Joe blurting out what he is or isn't wearing and depressing thoughts about Robin Williams and creepy ass. It was a long time ago. That's a long time ago. You're right. You haven't even seen Hook yet. Go watch Hook. I, I've seen a lot of great Robin Williams movies. Okay, he made a lot of good ones. I just didn't see Hook. Okay, well, I mean, like I, I last saw, week I saw uh, Dead Poet Society. I saw Jumanji. Yeah. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire. That's good. I I saw Goodwill Hunting like briefly, but I don't yeah. remember much about it. No, I said last week I, I introduced my daughter to Celebrity Jeopardy, so that was fun. We got to watch a Norm Macdonald. Uh, 
oh, rest review, of wow. which was a yeah. it's a fun bit because like there's so much good stuff out there. Just enjoy it. Yes, it's not enjoy sad. Life. You know what's not sad is uh, not sad that uh, there's a name change and there's still gonna be baseball play at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario next year. That's not sad. Um, the Dominican Summer okay. League. The Dominican Guardians. Summer League Guardians, uh, Hardinos, maybe? No, that's Gardeners. Uh, I don't know what Guardians is. Uh, you're you're supposed to learn Spanish this offseason. I'm working on it so much. I, I've been working on it so much, and I'm not getting the all Guardians of Spanish is uh, oh, it's well, you have to do it masculine and feminine. It's uh, Guardiana yeah. or Guardian, Guardian. That sounds like a flower. El the Gardenias. <laughs> That's a flower. It is That's guardian. Guardian, guardian. Spanish is guardian. Okay. At least it, you could, maybe oh, you, could, you, you could have in Arizona next year. You could have the guardians of Goodyear. <sighs> oh, we don't need them. We're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're just gonna set your snakes on them and your spiders. And, we, yeah. yeah. My, my, I mean, my <laughs> spiders from Africa and my snakes from uh, Venezuela, but. We do have native snakes and spiders in Goodyear. This is why I'm not coming to Arizona ever, ever. That seems uh, racist. Because I don't like the state of Arizona? Because you don't like snakes and spiders. I don't. I like not having poison and bites. I don't like having... I don't like being bitten by animals. (sighs) Those are the two... I feel like those are the two most common animals. Why would they bite you? If you are not bothering them, you shouldn't be bothering the animals. You're, you're telling me you're the expert. They don't bite me. I have them in my the room I'm in right now. They would never bite me. They're very okay. friendly. Okay. Maybe I'll come up for spring training next year and take you up on that couch. If I sleep if I sleep on your couch though, you got to keep the animals away from me. Yeah, all we got in there are. Uh, no, the dogs are in the bedroom, so we got nothing out there. <laughs> okay. We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that's enough. Uh, you can follow Joe at IBI Joe. I think he's going to remain IBI Joe. I don't know. I no, I'm going to change it. I'll change it. Okay. Yeah. When the season ends, we'll change it, and then we'll see. Yeah, I'm JL underscore baseball for now. You can follow us at official underscore IBI until it's official underscore GBI. And thank you for listening. If you're not a subscriber or not a you've never left a review or a uh, a five-star rating on our podcast do so now because you listen to all of this and there's no way joe could drive you from that decision from this point and uh yeah you listen this long thank you so much we'll catch you next week that's for that, yeah. <laughs>